Marketing Communications here at WSU Vancouver. And this time I'm sitting down with Kim McDougall, the Financial Aid Outreach Coordinator. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Kate. It's great to be here. Kim, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at WSU Vancouver? Well, certainly I'd be happy to. So I have been at WSU Vancouver employed in student affairs and enrollment for 13 and a half years. I started as a program assistant and moved into program coordinator in the Cougar Center. So really the majority of my time has been spent supporting financial aid in the front lines at the Cougar Center. So, you know, as you know, and those that don't, our one-stop shop for all university business. So it's been a really great journey in the role in the Cougar Center. Each of us kind of supports a different area of student affairs enrollment. My position was specifically set up to be there for financial aid as far as I've answered financial aid email for 13 and a half years up until very recently, doing things like border bill, financial aid support in terms of uh, every year we do our WSU General Scholarship application and the processing on the back end of that. For years and years and years, it was all a paper process. And Mm -hmm. so I was a person behind the scenes making copies of people's applications and, you know, anything related to financial aid that I could be of support. That was my, my kind of my secondary role as far as first primary role being to face the public, answer questions, Mm -hmm. direct people to the resources that they've got. And our whole credo in the Cougar Center has always been, if we don't know the answer, we know where to go to find it. So yeah, that's where I started. The opportunity came up for this financial aid outreach position and it had, I felt like it had my name written all over it. Mm -hmm. It was exactly what I love to do. Little Side note, I've always had a absolute death fear of public speaking, ironically, but it's always been something I wanted to challenge, you know, Mm -hmm. myself on. It was always something that I felt held me back. Like, you could do so much more, Kim, if you could just stand up and use your voice. And I finally just decided to launch into it. I was taking classes at WSU. I just got my degree a couple years ago. Go Cougs. In getting up and doing all those presentations, I finally realized I can do this. I do have a voice. And to put it together with helping students be able to understand how they can finance college, it, it was like my dream job. I just, I just absolutely, you know, for a minute there prior to this position, I thought maybe it's time to retire. You know, I'd been doing the Cougar Center for so long and kind of started feeling as if, I don't know. I don't know if I can do one more year of this. I really need a change up, you know, I need some growth. I need some professional development. And then the position came open and it was just like, ah, you know, (laughs) it was that perfect moment where you're like, yes, yes. this is exactly what I needed at this time. Exactly. It was, it was almost magical the way the timing worked out because, you know, my husband and I were looking at moving to Madras and, you know, just, just changes and, I said, babe, can you hang in there a few more years? Because I really, really want to get this job. And it worked out great. That's that's amazing. I love it. You talked a little bit about the job. So when was the job created? And 
Why did the university feel it was necessary to create this job? Just a little over a year ago, Kate, uh, it was created. This has been the brainchild. I've got to give April Tovar a lot of credit in being very instrumental in pushing for this position. I mean, I think she knew all along that we needed more outreach. We needed to be able to, we were stretched so thin with the financial aid staff that we had in trying to do just our regular A to Z presentations, just getting out to the high schools. It just became almost untenable to the point where when we were very low staffed in financial aid, they just couldn't do it. They stopped going out for a while to the high schools. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we noticed the difference. We noticed the difference in our enrollment numbers and it just kept being put on the table that we've got to, we've got to have someone that can communicate with the community about how they can afford to go to college, about how to access college. And it finally went through. It's funded through strategic plan funding. I'm just really excited that we're able to do it. And when you say that financial aid was stretched thin, about how large of a staff does financial aid have? Well, it's, it's funny that you ask that because uh, we have one person out on maternity right now. So there are basically, we're down to one counselor. April is filling in. She's doing a lot of the back-end work for our waivers that Jennifer Campbell, who is with us right now, I mean, temporarily. So she's doing a lot of that backfill. We have Elisa Miller, who does a lot of the data work behind the scenes and answers a financial aid email, and then myself. So we're a small crew. We're, we're three. We should be four. Mm-hmm. We'd love to be five. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always the dream, right? To have more. Right? <laughs> Just one more person. And then you also mentioned the A to Z workshop. Can you expound on what the A to Z workshops uh, were before you started the position? What did they entail? So the A to Z paying for college workshops are an hour-long presentation. And I, I joke when I give the presentation at the very beginning, when I usually used to walk on stage and do them, that by the end of my presentation, you will all have virtual PhDs in financial aid because it's it's a very comprehensive uh, workshop. We call it a workshop, but it's basically a presentation that goes over everything from applying for financial aid, the types of aid that students may receive, scholarship funding, academic achievement funding. This is something that we offer as a community service, and we always have. We have always told folks that this information applies regardless of where you're going to school or where you're looking at going to school. You know, and I'd also joke, i say, hey, if you take a look at WSU Vancouver, that would be great too. But the true intent in the financial aid world is to be sure that people are receiving the best information possible Mm -hmm. about what their options are and how to go about applying for college. So it's very comprehensive. When I first came to WSU, it was only offered, I believe it was once a month, and it was offered on campus. We didn't have the staff over the years to always be going out to colleges. I mean, I think they made a few few visits. As our staff grew, we were able to go out 
to high schools, I'm sorry, to high schools that requested us. So again, as staff has gone up and down, as the numbers have decreased at times for different reasons, you know, people have moved on, people have been out for whatever reason, we've had to fluctuate how much outreach we can do. Mm -hmm. That's why with this dedicated position, it was so great because I don't think I've ever had to cancel a presentation, you know, knock on wood for illness or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But now that it's a dedicated position and I'm dedicated to going out and doing whatever it takes to get the word out there, it's much more solid. I mean, we're doing our A to Z presentations on campus every two weeks. I just sent out a welcome back letter to all our high school partners and was instantly hit with four different requests. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so glad you're back. Can we do this? You know, can you do the, you know, do the presentation? In addition to the A to Z presentation we've created, we have other presentations that we've were created and have been fine-tuned. Some are geared directly for students. So I've gone to high schools and spoken just to senior classes. A lot of the the teachers in at that level are saying, hey, can you talk to the juniors? Because they're really the ones that need this information. They they need to start thinking about it much sooner than just their junior year. And I've said, yes, absolutely. But see, they, this was the type of outreach that with a sh- smaller staff absolutely could not be done. It, it, we just didn't have the time to be able to put into that, that piece of outreach. Yeah. But now that you have the, a dedicated role in the financial aid office to do that, you have more ability to offer these specialized services. And absolutely. that's where you come in. Right. Yeah, right. That's great. And I created a menu of our services last year at the very beginning when we started up with the position. And that's working really well. Now, occasionally you'll have teachers wanting to kind of morph it, kind of create something new. And uh-huh. I, I have to kind of reel it back and say, no, <laughs> you know, we can do got, this. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we've got a lot we can offer here. So let's choose from something on the menu. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's not like Burger King. (laughs) We don't do it your way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's not a surprise that we're in the middle of a pandemic and that's changed things. How has COVID-19 changed your job? Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. So the, when the pandemic really put us all in lockdown, what was that around the end of March? Yeah. Just before that, I had gone out to Vancouver Public School District and done a presentation that they held for parents. And this was parents and families all the way from sixth grade through high school. And we had several speakers all talking on different topics. Well, I went in with a, as fast as I could, abbreviated version of our A to Z. And I had back to back just packed rooms, which was even a little bit scary because that following week we went into lockdown and all I could think of was, oh my gosh, that room was shoulder to shoulder Yeah, to the point where they had to even open up the windows because it was just getting so stuffy in there. So anyway, I'm I'm mentioning that because that was my last in-person visit. So since then, everyone was kind of in the... uh, 
a little bit of a, a freeze and a panic mode. I wasn't hearing a lot from the high schools, of course, because they were in survival mode. They were trying to just, how do we get this, these spring classes online? Mm-hmm. How do we keep our students engaged? I was like, I'm backing off. I can't even add to their angst. We kept the communication going, however, that we're here. We're here to help. Now, over the summer, a lot of what I've done is support our own staff and our Cougar Center. They're short on staff again, so I've been Mm -hmm. doing a lot of phone calls. I've been doing a lot of Zoom appointments with students. We just put the link live to set up appointments via Zoom for both our prospective students, which I'll manage, and our current students. These are new, new things, of course. You know, I mean, it's almost as if where a student could drop in before to the Cougar Center and ask mm-hmm. questions specifically about financial aid, they can now set up a Zoom appointment. So those are on the website. That's something brand new. And since having sent out this, this email that I was talking about, the welcome back, hey, we're all going through changes here. Here's what we have to offer. Any of the things that we did before in person, we can convert to virtual. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the response was amazing. I mean, right away, I've got high school counselors communicating with me about setting up one high school wants me to come. And we've done this before, but doing it virtually is going to be really different. I'm going to present to periods one, three, and five on one day and two, four, and six on another day, Mm -hmm. and speak specifically to seniors about their next steps as far as going to college. So that's exciting. That is exciting, and all virtually. Yes, yes. So we're working out the details. I had to, I have to admit that doing the management of the technical side of it is for a minute, I called April today and I said, hey, this has got me a little spun. As soon as we talked it out, I thought, no, it's it's just like I'm going to the high school. Mm-hmm. It's just a different step to get yeah. there. But it's it's just wrapping your head around. Um, <laughs> Especially when you're not used to that digital space. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. used to being live instead of digital. Yeah, it's a totally yes. different world. Yeah. I mean, truly for over... Well, the majority of my life I've been in customer service. So mm-hmm. it's so odd to me to not be face-to-face with people and to not be reading my audience or, you know, understanding if if they're they're looking quizzical or they've got questions, you know, it's it's a whole different thing to do it virtually than it is to present in person. Yeah. But I'm adapting. Yeah. I like it. It's challenging. <laughs> It, yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. The one time I did a presentation, it was like presenting to a blank wall, but it, yes. you, you get used to it. You're like, okay, this is weird, but all right. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll have to click on the audience view, you know, the participant yeah. view, just to see people. You can see, oh, there's some faces. Oh, there are people there. There are people there, yeah. I, I know I've seen that you have had some A to Z workshops over the summer, and have you been presenting those this summer yes. as well? And have they been well attended? Have people been receiving them well? Absolutely, yes. I've been doing all the presenting, and then what we discovered was it was a little bit too much for me to try to manage the Zoom room as well. So one of our other staff members, they, they alternate who does it, they'll manage the Zoom room. We've got it all on lockdown. We've got mm-hmm. some really good you know, security on that. 
a lot of help from our IT department, which has been great. I present, we've moved them up to every two weeks, and it has been really interesting because we've had a very good, I would say very steady attendance. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we were doing them once a month in person on campus, I could go and have maybe eight people at one, 30 at another. This has been a very steady, at least 20 participants. Oh, wow. Most of them. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're doing them every two weeks, you know you're beginning to pick up momentum and you're reaching more people. More yeah, no, yeah, especially yeah. online. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, and what the other thing that we did to make it to kind of bend with the tides here is we're doing them at different times of day. We're mm-hmm. doing them at 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 6 o'clock. Just kind of taking a look at, you know, overall what that data is going to look like as far as where have people been able to attend the most. So far, it's really interesting because I can have as many at a 10 a.m. Zoom event as I can at a 5 o'clock or 6 Mm o'clock. So you can see that people's lives are very much, it's not just us, you know, everyone else (laughs) is online too. What are the kind of topics that you cover in these workshops? We know you talk about financial aid, but what are these the, the basic topics that you cover that deal with financial aid? Well, I think the important thing that we we do is that we try to try to emphasize the fact that it all starts by filing a FAFSA, a free application for federal student aid or the WASFA, the Washington application for state financial aid. You know, and this is of course depending on immigration status and of I won't course. go into all the details of all that, but The bottom line is that you've got to start with the application. For many, many years, there were a lot of assumptions about financial aid. Oh, I'm not eligible, or my parents make too much money. I won't Mm. get any financial aid. These are a lot of the preconceived notions that were there to bust, these myths that are not so true anymore, especially in terms of state-funded aid. I think one of the most exciting things that happened in getting this position was, again, the timing of what happened in Washington State with the, um, it used to be called the State Need Grant. It's now called the Washington College Grant. Mm-hmm. And it was limited to a certain median family income. You know, families would cap out at about a 65% median family income for eligibility. That has, They have blown that out of the water, Kate. It's people making up into the 100% median family income are eligible for a slice of that Washington College grant. And that is unprecedented. It also used to be that we had to say, you've got to file that FAFSA by a certain date or the WASFA by a certain date or you're no longer eligible. Took that away. Now it is, it is just expanded uh, the number of people that will get a piece of the free funding. So that is a big, big message mm-hmm. this year and hoping and praying that we keep that going forward in this state because I know it's got to make a huge, well, I know it's made a huge difference, especially for families, you know, in the high need category. Yeah. The, the other thing that we cover are your options for scholarship funding. I get I joke about getting out my pom-poms and you know when I'm talking about scholarships I'm not kidding you every single person can apply and potentially receive free funding. I can't talk enough about that and sometimes I I have to just kind of okay wait Kim there's other <laughs> there's other events where you can talk specifically about scholarships but you know trying our, our main messaging is trying to 
introduce folks to the fact that there's a lot of free funding for college. It takes work, it takes the students taking, making the effort mm -hmm. and applying for those scholarships, but you don't apply, you don't get them. Yeah. You know, you don't try, you don't get them. So we spend a lot of time on that. We also cover the fact that every school that a student is looking at will offer a different type, type of academic award. So when you're talking to your juniors and seniors, you really want to say, hey, come on, this is your time to finish strong because it really will pay. It yeah. will, you will be paid for those efforts. So we, of course, give our examples, which you know are very good, our Vancouver Academic Achievement and our Transfer Achievement Award. I would say that essentially what we do is we, we introduce all the different types of aid but we really emphasize your free funding first. Not to say that there aren't loans available and that some folks are only eligible for loans and scholarships, of course, but we wanna educate folks on what the different types of aid are, how you get them, right? Mm -hmm. So we go into detail about what loans are and how they are part of financial aid. So it's just a really comprehensive education on financing education that we try to do. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think that's super it useful. I wish that I had had a service like that when I was in high school. That would have been so helpful. <laughs> I hear that all the time, Kate. I hear uh, all the time I hear from students that say, you know, especially older students or more mature students that say, I wish I would have had this help. I wish I would have known. Or parents that are so lost in the process mm -hmm. because when they were younger, no one was helping them. No. No one once asked me. So, Kim, when you went to college in your earlier years, I've, I've been one of those students that started and stopped a million oh, times. Oh, same. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I got you beat. On you that do, one. a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> but same. <laughs> but back when I was a student, the only person to help me was the financial aid office. Mm -hmm. There was, I had to go in and ask the question, how do I do this? How do I afford this? How do I make, where's that application? Mm -hmm. And back in that day before dinosaurs roamed, it was on paper, right? <laughs> so I understand what it's like to not know where to start, to not mm -hmm. know how to apply, to not know what happens next. So even though we do, you know, we do a presentation on all the different options and how to apply and all the different types of aid, we also talk about, so what are your next steps? Yeah. You, you may be chosen for what they call verification, which will mean you need to hand in some forms. You know, There's different things. We point them to their financial aid offices or to their online resources to keep in touch with that office, know mm -hmm. what's, what, what's being required or what's being asked of you and don't hesitate to turn it in or don't hesitate to ask the question, mm -hmm. what is this? It's very fulfilling because I feel like we are educating people on a daily basis about how they can afford to go to college. Yeah. And for the juniors and seniors, we even do a piece on why do you want to go to college? What difference is it going to make yeah. you know, in terms of your life going forward? Yeah. So that, that one's really fun too. I enjoy that one. So what are the common myths people have about paying for college? We've talked about a couple of them, but are there any others that you often hear? I think the, the big one is 
that there's this assumption that I won't get any, or that financial aid is only grant funding. So a lot of folks won't realize that the loans that are offered through the federal government are for those folks that do not necessarily qualify for grant funding. Mm-hmm. Those loans are better than almost any private loan that you could get out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the federal government just dropped the interest rate to 2.5% for the, the unsubsidized and the subsidized direct loans. This is huge. This is another big topic that I'm, I'm talking a lot about. I just met with a family last week who had gone ahead and applied for a private loan. They had not accepted their loans offered through the FAFSA, which were offered, you know, the direct loans. Mm-hmm. And I had to say, wait, time out, time out, time out. Let's talk about this for just a second. I see that you've got a private loan. What is the interest rate that you're paying on that loan? Well, it was like 15%. Oh my gosh. I said, do you, do you know <laughs> that, that the direct loans offered through the federal government this year are only 2.5%? So we went through the whole process of canceling the private loan and walking them through the steps to get their, their direct loan. So that's, that's a big misconception I think mm-hmm. that people have. They forget uh, students in particular. I mean, parents are always talk, talk, talking to their students or their sons or daughters or children about getting scholarships. But I think when it comes from someone else, when I can actually point them to the best places to search for scholarships, mm-hmm. how to create a good scholarship application, mm-hmm. I think that's something that parents don't do. So that's another thing that I think that piece of, of, of information that we can share mm-hmm. with students early on is really important because I think a lot of students will just kind of do that. Oh, it's, it's too hard. I don't know where to start. I don't know. But when we sit down and we, we start to say, look, it's not that difficult, especially when we can point them to examples right on WSU Vancouver's website where you've got one application mm-hmm. and you're literally putting your name in the hat for over 800 scholarships. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of, um, that's an easy one to sell, shall we say. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. You're like, Hey, we can make it easy for you. It's not as hard <laughs> as you think it is. Exactly. Yeah. Is that the one thing you think people are surprised to learn about financial aid for college? Or do you think that there's something else that's the one thing that people are surprised to learn? I think that it's been very helpful. The, the, both the FAFSA and the WASFA have been refined and refined, and it could even get easier, but it's much easier than it was before. I think that has been really helpful for folks to understand that you really can get through this 40, 45 minute application, sitting down and you know gathering the material that you needed in advance. It's not gonna be as hard as you think. I think that's been really big. The other thing is what families are going to receive. I think they've been very surprised to find out that they cannot assume that they're not going to be eligible for a certain type of aid. That's been a big mm-hmm. thing to kind of, especially like I said, with this Washington College Grant, it's, it's been a game changer. So that's been a really big eye opener, I think for a lot of families. And like I said, another one is the, the loan education, understanding what's on that financial aid application. You know, on the reverse side of that, we do have students who are looking at going out of state 
so a part of what we do is we also mention, I don't spend a lot of time on this, but I do mm -hmm. mention, now listen, as a um, Washington State resident, you're eligible for this college grant. If you decide to go to uh, UC Berkeley or North Carolina, you're losing this yeah. big funding. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been an eye-opener too, to tell families that it's a wonderful dream to want to go to some of these out-of-state colleges. And if you have the resources, by all means, you do it. Yeah. But if you do not understand fully the costs versus the resource to pay for it, then you're going to get yourself in trouble. There's going to be a, a, a big disappointment when you go get further down the line on that process. Because if I can get anything through to folks is that you want to look at your true costs. Are you staying at home? Are you saving on the residence halls? Are you, especially in this current yeah. climate that we're in. And so what are your true costs? Tell people all the time, if you're going to Vancouver campus, you're really looking at tuition and books. Whereas they'll see total cost of attendance. I guess that would be another one, Kate, is when families look at a total cost of attendance, many times they get sticker shock, right? Because total cost of attendance includes tuition, books, room, board, yeah, all of it, transportation. So it's a much bigger number. But what I have to do is demystify that and say, now let's break it down. Are you staying at home and going to school? So what are your true costs? They're just tuition and books. Or are you going away and paying for residence and needing the transportation yeah. costs? So I think that's been a big one too, is kind of just breaking down what cost of attendance means. Yeah, I know it's super helpful for a lot of people because I remember when I was in high school, I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And all the time in the Cougar Center, I mean, panicked parents would come in with this look of shock and say, is it really going to cost this much money? And, I, and I'd have to back it off and say, okay, what are we really doing here? Or if you're living at home, no. And the, the relief that you could see yeah. in their faces, yeah. you know, when you could present them with a less expensive option, it's kind of my underlying goal is just to make folks realize that if your dream is to go to college and you, you know that that's what you want to do, then let's try to do it at, at, at as low of cost as possible. It can be affordable. It really can be. It can. Yeah. It definitely can. What's your biggest advice to students and parents who are starting the college prep? Well, first of all, to start early. The other thing that's really important when you're looking at that free funding is to start local and expand your search. The other thing I would do is I would say to apply to many schools and then compare what it is. Your cost will be at each school as to what you will receive, what you potentially will receive when you file your FAFSA or your WASFA. And finally, I guess I would say, stay in touch with the college. Ask questions. Never feel like your question isn't good. They're all good. If you have that question, 100 people behind you had it as well. Great. Thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation. It was a pleasure having you. Well, thank you, Kate. It was great to be here. Albeit virtually. Yeah, as, as we do everything right now. To learn more about WSU Vancouver, visit us on the web at www.vancouver.wsu.edu.